morning. I'm not going to make any comment on the video. It's beautiful, isn't it? That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's beautiful because it reminds us of a beautiful message that we'll hear today. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, great to be here together. Really a wonderful thing. I, I want to say today that it's, it's just great to have you here at church. It's great to be together. It's a very good thing. And, and I want to tell you, too, that, that church is for everyone. Do you know that? Everyone. Uh, everyone is welcome here. No matter where you're from, uh, no, matter, no matter what you think of God, uh, no matter whether you've got it all together or not, <laughs> church is for everyone. And it's great to have you here. Whether you're young or old, um, rich or poor, uh, welcome. So it's good to be together. And this message that we'll hear today is a wonderful message for everyone. So let me pray. Father, I um, thank you for today. We thank you for your word to us. We pray, Lord, as we, um, as we open it and hear this wonderful message of your love, that you would indeed uh, speak to us, that we would have open hearts and um, open ears to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love, I love a good love song. I do, I love a good love song. You know, the other day I found myself whistling John Farnham's Burn For You. You know, now I, and yes, I realise that's embarrassing, but I don't care. I don't care. And you know, even more interesting too, just thought I'd throw this in, is that um, I was whistling John Farnham's Burn For You, and then I found my family whistling it as well. <laughs> Michelle was walking around, wasn't she dear? Yes, you were. Walking around, whistling and humming burn for you. It's great. I love it. Now, when you think of a love song, perhaps you're, if you're more, um, uh, a more modern example, uh, there's Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud. Uh, if you don't know the song, go on you know, YouTube it later on. It seems that song, I think, was written specifically for wedding dancers. If you've gone to a wedding and you haven't had that song, it's not a wedding, is it? Um, no, it's not true. But it, it, that seems to be, that's why he wrote that song. It's a great song. It's a love song. It's beautiful. Are you thinking of a love song now? Can you think of one in your head? Just think of a love song for a minute. If you want to go with Burn For You, I give you permission. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> now everyone's going to be whistling like that or on. Yeah, what, what do you like about it? As you're thinking about this love song, what do, you, what do you enjoy about this particular song you're thinking of? I think, see, love songs, they're often an invitation, aren't they? Uh, they're, or they're a declaration, or they are a promise. There might be more as well. If you love a good love song, you're going to love Hosea 14. Because uh, it is a love song from God to us. Let's recap, though. The last six weeks, we've been looking at the book of Hosea. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've grown in your relationship with God because of it. Uh, Hosea tells the story of Israel's unfaithfulness. But it also tells the story of humanity's unfaithfulness. We, like Israel, have gone our own way uh, in our own sin. And we're like the adulterous bride in Hosea who turns away from God. And Hosea also tells the story of God's judgment against Israel. And not only Israel, but all of humanity. Hosea warned that God would come against Israel. And this uh, is what happened when the Assyrian army 
destroy the northern tribes in 722 BC. And God also warns us that his judgment is coming and it'll be even more terrible. But, but Hosea also tells the story of God's love. His love for his people, the depth of the Father's love. God's passion for his people. His heart is exposed in the book of Hosea. And although wounded by our sin, his love is tender and passionate. Remember Hosea chapter 2. I know there's a few weeks back now, but remember some of these words. I'm now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Just wonderful words. In that day, on that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. In verse 19, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. And we didn't study Hosea 11, but Hosea 11, some of the words from Hosea 11 says, When I was a child, I loved him, the Lord says. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness and with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. And I bent down to feed them. And down to verse 8. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. So when we get to chapter 14, in some ways it's a climax of the book. The book doesn't work like a narrative, like you probably picked up by now. It's a whole section, uh, many sections of, um, of writing uh, describing the, the one event, really. But when we get to chapter 14, it is, it is a wonderful climax. It's a prayer of repentance. That's what it is. Uh, it's words of promise. And it's a song to win back our hearts. Back in chapter 2, which we just read before, we're told that God would woo us. Allure us back. We're here in chapter 14 is God's love song as he invites us to come home. So if you haven't got it already, grab your Bible uh, to Hosea chapter 14. It'd be helpful to have in front of you the outline. Uh, You can scribble some things down. Don't forget the comment cards. You can write some things on the comment card and uh, put it in the box at the back. And we'll have a time of questions at the end as well. When we come to verses 1 to 3, we find words of turning. Turn back. Come home. Return to the Lord, Hosea says to the people. You see, this chapter shows us the way home to God. You know, one of the, the beautiful things about, you know, remember the old GPSs? Uh, Those little, they're ready. don't really get used anymore because we've got them on our phone. Um, but if you go in a new city or you're, you're that way inclined, you're a bit geographically challenged, you'd have a GPS and you'd put it on your windscreen and so on. And uh, it didn't really help me. I still get lost, but that's okay. Uh, it, the wonderful thing about it was that you could press, 
this button called home, the home button. And wherever you are, in fact, wherever you are at, it'll take you home. If you feel far from God today, then this chapter is for you. This chapter is the home button. Uh, maybe you're a Christian who feels a little dry. It happens. And you lost intimacy with God. Uh, keep reading. Keep listening, won't you? Or maybe you've never known God. At best, he's been an idea, but you've never known him, as Hosea 11 describes him, as a father. Well, today, Hosea 14 shows us the way home, the way home to God, a loving heavenly father. And so what does Hosea say? What does he say to these people? Look at verse 2. He says, take words with you. Do you see it there? Take words with you. Speak. Uh, say something to God. Say something to God. Now, sometimes prayer feels a little weird, doesn't it? When we talk to God. I admit that. It does feel a bit strange. Is God really listening? Uh, but give it a go. Take words with you. Say something to God. So what should we say? Well, Hosea suggests three things. Here's the first. Ask God for forgiveness. Confess that you haven't got it right. Look at verse 2. Forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. That last phrase is particularly interesting because it, it's, it's about our words and it's about our heart. It's about being real and honest to God. Our words are like a sacrifice. Our words from our lips are like a sacrifice to God. Real and honest about our brokenness. It takes us back to last week. Remember chapter 6, verse 6. God's not interested in sacrifices with no heart, no love. He doesn't want you to be religious. He doesn't want you to come to him with it all together as if, we're, as if we can offer him anything. Now, the reality is we, we ought to come to God with empty hands. Remember that song we sing, Rock of Ages? Nothing in my hand I bring. That's how we come to God. That's how we ought to come to God. God actually wants our heart and a broken one, a messed up one. That's what we are. And we know that only God can fix it. A heart that acknowledges our unfaithfulness and comes to him asking for forgiveness. So take words with you. Take words with you. Say something. Uh, say sorry. Second, reject false gods. Say to him, verse 3, Assyria cannot save us. We will, mount, we will not mount war horses. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. See, it was tempting for Israel to look, to do what they were told not to do and to find security and to look for Assyria for survival. To cut a deal. To cut a deal with this foreign nation, with their foreign gods, to make an alliance. It was tempting, and that way would be secure, that way would be saved. It was tempting to do that. Or perhaps increase their military strength. That's what the, the war horses stand for. Then they would have security. Then we'd be right. 
would be safe. But God says, no, no. These are false hopes and false, it's false security. Reject them. Turn away from them. Now, not many of us are going to rely on a horse for our security. Uh, maybe if you're into the gambling and you gamble on the ponies or something like that, maybe that is relevant for you. I don't know. And not many of us will go and rely on Assyria for our, um, <laughs> for, for our security, for our safety. Uh, but ask yourself this. How would, you, how would you complete this sentence? I will be really happy when. Think about it. Complete that sentence in your head. I'll be really happy when. Or my future will be secure if. Is God at the heart of those completed sentences in your head? Is God at the heart of those? Or did you answer something like this? When I get married. When I get a better job. When I get that inheritance, when I, buy, when I buy a house, when I pay off the house, when I get a new computer, when I finish school, when I retire, in what are you putting your hope? In what are you putting your security? So Hosea's message is that there is nothing that will truly satisfy. There's nothing that will make us truly flourish apart from God. So turn away from false gods. Turn away from false securities. And instead, turn to the compassionate arms of God. Which is the third thing Hosea tells us to say to God. The final phrase of verse 3 in your Bibles there. For in you the fatherless find compassion. You remember back in chapter 1? I know, a few weeks back now. But Hosea was to call his second and third uh, child, uh, second and third children... Those uh, catchy names, not loved, remember that? And, um, <laughs> and not my people go well in the playground, won't they? Those names, of course, represent Israel, who, is, who has made themselves, or really have made themselves orphans, fatherless, as they turn to worship other gods. But God, God is the God in whom the orphan finds mercy. Love and compassion. Again, back in chapter 1, verse 10. In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. And later it goes on to say that you have now received mercy. So turn. Turn. Take words with you. Say to God, in you the fatherless find compassion. Forgive me. I turn from other hopes and securities and put my trust in your love. Well, how will God respond? How will God respond to this turning? Well, he, he responds with a song. And it is a love song. A song of his turning. Verse 4. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely. For my anger has turned away from them. It's the same word we find in verse 1. Remember verse 1 of chapter 14? Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. So yes, Israel must turn back to God. But now it is God who turns that we read about here in verse 4. He turns his anger away. But it's not as if God will let the unrighteous go unpunished. We don't get away with it. No, no, the Bible says that God's anger is turned away from us 
and directed to his one and only son, the Lord Jesus. See, on the cross, Jesus took the punishment for our uh, infidelity. He took the punishment for our unfaithfulness. The righteous, one Peter says, that's Jesus, for the unrighteous to bring you to God. And so what would the result be of God's turning? Well, it's a great word we find there in the last few verses. We will flourish. Others will flourish through us. And God will make us flourish like nothing else can. Much of Hosea's message is, turn, like a lot of the 8th century prophets, uh, turn, for in front of you is destruction, and if you carry on this way, this is what you're going to get. But here in this love song, the climax of the message is, turn, for behind you is God. If you change direction, then you'll be heading along a path that leads to flourishing. So God says, I will be like the dew to Israel. Now again, us here in Robertson, we have a bit of trouble with these illustrations. These illustrations of dew and rain and mist. Uh, Remember last week, they don't really cut it for us, don't they? Yesterday was mist almost all all day and there was a dew that was really thick this morning and we had a lot of rain. Um, But just try uh, try to imagine in your head for a moment, won't you, a place that does not get any rain for, much, for months at a time. Okay, try to imagine that. Uh, we, as you know, um, for three years we lived in Dubai in the Middle East and it rained, probably rained between five and eight times per year, if that. And it was not he- sometimes it was heavy rain, but most of the time it was light rain. Um, but when it did rain, it was just so exciting. We would run outside and jump in the rain and hope for more of it and run around. It was just awesome. Uh, we loved it. And everyone loved it. It lifted the mood of the whole nation, of the whole city at least. It brought refreshment. It brought renewal. It was just wonderful. But it also brought out the crazies. Uh, so people went nuts, nuts, especially on the roads. So the logic was this. Um, on the roads oh my goodness the roads are wet and in some places they're flooded this is this is really dangerous I better get home even faster (laughs) that was the logic (laughs) it's quite funny and very very dangerous people weren't used to riding uh, or driving in the wet it was nuts but of course that's not the point being made here is it the point is that as a result of God's turning to us There's great refreshment and renewal. So friends, here's a word from God to the spiritually dry. Are you listening? Look to God to be your due, to be your refreshment, your renewal. Turn. Come home to God and he will be like dew to you and you'll blossom like a flower. You'll grow like young shoots in the ground. You'll be splendid and fragrant. There'll be something beautiful about you and refreshing about you. So turn. Well, not only will we flourish, but others will flourish through us. So look at verse 7. Men will dwell again in his shade. He will flourish like the grain, he will blossom like a vine, and his fame will be like the wine from Lebanon. 
It is Israel whose shadow will shade people as they return to God. Uh, come back with me to verse 5. Just see the logic of, this, uh, of the, the flow of the chapter. Verse 5, I will be like the dew to Israel. He, Israel, will blossom like a lily. Verse 6, his young shoots will, his splendor will, his fragrance will, his shade. So nourished by the dew of God, the nations will dwell in Israel's shade. That's what's what's on offer. The idea, and it comes out again in the phrase, he or Israel, will flourish like the corn, is that through Israel, the nations will have life. You see, as we come to God through our Lord Jesus, other people will flourish through us. So if you're a Christian person, and no no doubt you remember who first impacted you with the gospel. Remember that person? It might be a friend. It might have been a a leader. For me, it was a youth group leader. Uh, It might be parents. uh, Someone who influenced you with the Christian life. Well, Hosea promises, God promises, that you can be one of those people. Do you you have a person, such a person, you could influence in your life? Who you could shade, (laughs) you put it that way? Have Have you got someone that you could influence like that if you're a Christian person? I want to encourage you to find one. Find one. Uh, read the Bible with them. Meet with them now and then and read the Bible with them. Uh, pray with them. Encourage them. They might be young in the faith. They might not even know Jesus at all. Invite them. See, in Christ, you have been nourished. In fact, the Bible says that, 1 Corinthians says, you've been enriched in every way. So feed others with the goodness of God in the Lord Jesus. Our church, too, can be such people who influence, who can even make a a neighbourhood flourish. A a community that brings the words of eternal life to people through the gospel. A community that speaks of Jesus and loves like Jesus. In fact, when we do this, well, we make... God will make us flourish like nothing else can. See verse 8? O Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? I will answer him and take care for him. I am like a green pine tree. Your fruitfulness comes from me. You see, God is superior to any alternative. There's no comparison. Well, let's tie a few things together, shall we? Let's take a moment and think over, indeed, the last six weeks. As we've read through this book... As God has spoken to us. Hosea tells the story of our unfaithfulness. Hosea has told the story of our judgment, not just Israel's. But Hosea has also told the story of the deep love of God. We've seen the heart of God exposed, raw, wounded, tender and compassionate. And we've heard this love song today of his call for us to return to him. To to return to his welcoming, loving arms. 
I loved this final video. I loved all of them. I hope you did too. But I loved it because it reminds me of the truth we read about and we know of God. I loved the emotion in it. Uh, I loved the forgiveness uh, and love represented in the husband as he wraps his arms around his broken wife who has returned. This is the God we read about today. No matter where you're at, no matter where, where you're at with God, uh, this is the God we read about who welcomes us with loving arms. So what are you going to do with this message today? Well, here's Hosea's word to us. Hosea's word to us is for us to respond, actually, to reply and reapply. Apply and reapply. Look at verse 9. Who is wise? He will realise these things. Who is discerning? He will understand them. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them and the rebellious stumble in them. What's the wise thing to do today? Well, the wise thing to do today is to acknowledge the truth of what we've read. That's the wise thing to do. The ways of the Lord are right. The wise thing to do, is, as Jesus says in Matthew 7, is to put God's word into practice. I want to say, if you've stumbled, well, it's not too late, clearly. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that your word tells us of your great love for us. Lord, today might be a day where, uh, for people here, that we need to stop and pause. And we need, Lord, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to turn away from false God, false gods and false securities. And Lord, we need to turn and accept your fatherly love. Lord, thank you that that love was demonstrated most clearly in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we ask that we would uh, accept your gift of forgiveness and love for us. Lord, we thank you that you, take, you accept us no matter where we're at and you forgive us in that way. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for these words in Hosea 14. Uh, Lord, thank you that they are indeed a wonderful song of love. In Jesus' name, amen.